Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Thanks for being here with us. Welcome to No Limits. Um, if this is your first time here and you don't know me, my name's Kate. I'm the lead pastor here alongside my wife, Beth. And here at No Limits, we're on a mission to help you know God, find freedom, and discover your purpose so that we can all make a difference. And I believe that a big difference was made last night at Freedom Night. It was an incredible night. But we get the opportunity to make a difference every time we meet up here. And we had our first uh, Sunday morning small group this morning. It was more like a medium group, but it was awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. Um, I'll tell you more about small groups here in a little bit, but we actually have a message from our drummer today. Can you, you, think, that our, you think that our drummer can speak? Yes. He can, and you guys know that. This guy has such a passion for the Word of God, and he gets to use it like nonstop when he's in Mexico, leading our missions team down there, and anytime he gets to get up here, he just gets to let us have it, because I'm pretty sure it's stored up for a while, huh? So come on up, man. We're, I'm really excited to hear the Word from you today. Yeah, let's give him a hand. This is Coon Rod, or John, if you want the formal name. Uh, I'm going to spare you all a minute. We've got to change the batteries. I'm teasing him. He's like, hey, he should be saying words now. How's everybody doing this morning? All right. The last time I spoke, I went like a greyhound chasing a rabbit down the track, and I had a lot to say. I don't have much to say today. Uh, God gave me this message about three weeks ago, and I ain't going to lie. I've been like Jonah about it. I didn't want to give it. And so I've spent three weeks in the belly of the well. Um, and, but it's a simple message, and uh, it's blessed me. I've had anxiety about it because after I deliver this, I have to make a change for myself. Um. And that's, that's the way God works, you guys. When he gives us something, it's not because I'm up here pointing my fingers at you, telling you, you got to do something better. You are, you do, but I got to also. Um, so you heard, I'm Coonrod, I'm John. They, um, Coonrod's my middle name, I promise. My dad, thanks, Dad. Um, it's my great-grandparents' last name, so it's, it's legit. Uh, it's on my driver's license. It's on my license plate. My son has it now. It is a thing. He gets to live what I lived. Uh, I, yeah, so I get to speak once in a while. Like Cage said, um, he reserves me because I usually have something ornery or mean to say. No, I'm teasing. Um, I do get the privilege to go on Mexico mission trips with my wife and whoever else wants to drag down there. And we've had some really good trips. Um, and I get to speak a lot when I'm down there. And it's a blessing. Mexico is so hungry. They're so thirsty for the Word of God. They're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. They're complete opposite of Americans. Shame on us. Um, so I think that's why I like going at her so much. It's, it's really about the people. I want to tell you guys a little story about me, um, kind of relates to this message a long time ago. Um, I got into the trade of electricity and got pretty good at it. Um, 
one of the contractors I was working for sent me on a job to 51st Street out east. There's a um, nursing home out there. And uh, one wing of it is reserved for the Catholic nuns whenever. <laughs> I'm so sensitive. I'm going to get choked up. I miss them so much. Um, they were the sweetest ladies. But the, the church reserves this wing of this nursing home just for the nuns, the ones that have been off on the mission trips. And they've been, that's their life. And they get to come home and rest now. And just on the other side of the creek is... Um, the monastery, um, apologize if I'm getting it wrong, but we're all the priests. They stay there. Um, but I got to spend about four months in this wing. We were making it ADA compliant and I got to have some of the best relationships with some of these nuns in there. And it was so sweet because they were teaching me and I didn't even know it. They were teaching me how to love, uh, I knew I had something going on because one of them came up to me, and she was the oldest one there, and she reminded me of my great-grandma, and she was sitting in this wheelchair the whole time, and I was walking by, and she just grabbed me by the arm and pulled me down in this chair next to her, and I'm going to talk to you for a minute. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And she, she got to tell me some things and asked me questions, and she ministered to me in a way that I'd never been ministered before, and it was very, very sweet. And some of the workers there... They got to seeing my frequent lunch visits because I would go eat lunch with them. And they got to talking with me. They got to know me. There is a really nice side to me. For those of you who have known me for a while, I can be kind of nice. Um, and one of them asked me, said, do you go to church somewhere? And I said, I sure do. And I was very proud to tell them that I went to this um, Free Will Baptist Church in South Broken Arrow. Uh, and it's where I really started cutting my teeth in the Word of God. And I was so young in the Lord that I didn't realize the next phrase that was coming out of my mouth was going to damage my witness. And she, I had asked her, I said, well, where do you go to church? And she told me some, uh, like, Assembly of God or something like that. And uh, she said, <clears throat> how do you like Free Will Baptist? And I said, well, I love it. She said, well, I'd really like to come to your church and, and see how you guys do things because you, you're so nice. And some of you are thinking, no. <laughs> yeah, I was. And I said, well, it'll be different than what you're used to because we use the King James Bible, and that's the only authorized version of the word. And I instantly saw her just shut down. She didn't hear anything I had to say after that. The words that came out of my mouth. Um, I've never, I got freedom from that last night. That was 15 years ago. It's been a long time. I've been harboring onto that guilt for a long time. And guys, when you, when you hold things in that long or any amount of time, just go apologize. Go tell somebody. Like we've been saying, go talk to somebody about it. I haven't even, I mean, I've told my wife numerous times, but I, I, never, I never got free from it. Um, I think I just finally was ready to let go of it last night. So praise God for that. Um, but segue, that's where we're going, you guys. Uh, we're going to start in Ephesians 
today. So if you've got any version uh, on a phone, um, the digital version or the analog version, Tim, um, we're going to go to towards the end of chapter one, Ephesians verse uh, chapter one, uh, and we're going to read all the way through chapter two into verse three. I'm actually not because of what I said to that nun 15 years ago, but I do have a little bit of a heart for the King James Version, and I promise what I, the, the scriptures that God give does not have words that are hard to understand. So it is not as archaic as uh, some of it can sound. So starting with verse 19, here we go. It says, And what is ex- the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. I'm going to stop there for a minute before I read on to the chapter 2, but have we not been listening for the past three weeks things about the body of Christ? There's no coincidence, guys, that God gives me this scripture three weeks ago. I just My head pops off the pillow. I'm wide awake. I can't hit the snooze button. My wife rejoiced that morning, and I got a word from God, and it's been sitting with me this whole time. Here's where he gets on to us. Chapter 2, verse 1 says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Remember that. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we also had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Think about that for a second. The prince of the power of the air. That's Satan, y'all. I went and looked this up. I broke, I, I blew the dust off of my concordance um, <laughs> because I wanted to see. I mean, it, there's no confusing the prince of the power of the air, but I just wanted to see how. Um, much more meaning was brought to it by looking up the the Greek. And Prince, just, it's straight. Ruler, leader, official, magistrate. Uh, power, authority, the right to control or govern, dominion, sphere of jurisdiction, human or supernatural. So get that right there. Human or supernatural. The prince of the power of the air. Satan sends moods in the air, and you, me, we choose how we're going to react to those. When you fly off the handle because you saw something on the internet, and you get aggravated or ticked off, and you start stomping around like a kid that got their sucker taken from them, You just let the prince of the power of the air control the way you reacted. I am as guilty 
as anybody in this problem right here. I'm Irish. I have a temper. I'm not scared to let you see it. Um, I've gotten better, thank God, but uh, it's, time to, it's time for me to make a change. And that's, that's the toughest part. Um, I heard it said in our medium group this morning, uh, <laughs> how have Christians acted in the past three months? Let's go back to, go back even further. Last summer, you know, when election um, was starting to ramp up and we were down to a couple of presidential candidates and the internet was exploding with division. We grabbed the torch, we ran with it, and we set things on fire. And for the wrong purpose. Okay, We're to be tried by fire, but not that kind of fire. That's the wrong fire. Our mouth is ruining our witness. I'm going to stop for a second let that sink in. Our mouth is ruining our witness. Christians are the biggest problem with Christianity. (laughs) Social media is kerosene to the fire for Christianity. We are keyboard warriors. We're not afraid to type anything on there to get misconstrued by anybody that wants to read it because we don't care how you feel when you're 3,000 miles away or just across the street because I can do it from the safety of my phone, from the backside of my, my computer, and I don't have to see how it affected you so that it doesn't bother me. But then you can go ahead and you can comment on my little thing and you can say whatever you want to say. But the whole time this is going on, guys, the devil's at both ends of that phone whispering in her ear. And he's saying the exact opposite of what intention has ever been. Guys, we didn't have communication issues until the invention of a text message. Before text messages, you could hear the tone of a person's voice. Can we get back some of that where we have face-to-face conversations? Maybe we just call somebody so you can hear the tone of my voice. I'm getting a little tired right now of how I've done things and how y'all have done things and people at home have done things because all we're doing is damaging our witness. And I'm frustrated up to here with it because I have to, I feel like all of us were trying so hard to do damage control. And it is falling on deaf ears, you guys. It's falling on deaf ears because we're not getting any better at it. We say today we're going to do this great thing, and then six days later, we didn't make any change. So what, what do we got to do here? You know what I mean? Like this is, this is the thing that has been plaguing Christianity for years and years and years, and we are so slow to learn from our mistakes on this one. I don't know why, but I'm... I'm, I'm hoping for myself because I'm, I'm really, really uh, one of those that just, I'll grab the torch. I see something that makes me laugh 
and it's contrary or it's, it's, it's damning to another person or it makes fun of another person, my flesh says, that's funny, share it with all of your friends and make it worse. And that's where I need to stop. I need to stop saying and doing things that are contrary to my witness as a Christian. We got to stop mocking people by their political affiliation. Politics has ruined this country and has ruined the church. We're so worried about whether or not you are blue, red, yellow, however you vote politically. We're not willing to think about reds in the in the blood of Jesus Christ. Not red because of how you vote but the red blood of Jesus Christ. That is the only color that matters. Get politics out of this. Let's focus on the love of Christ, and let's move on. We're calling each other names, and you guys, what comes out of my mouth, I can't take it back. I can't take it back. I don't know how many times... As a husband, I've said things to my wife out of anger or out of ignorance. And I can't take that back. I can apologize until Christ comes again to take us all home. And it won't do any good because those words were still said. She's forgiven me. We've moved on. But Satan uses that opportunity, you guys, to whisper that back in your ear, put that back in there, get you riled up again because anger controls you and keeps you from changing. We got to quit mocking views on abortion, we got to quit mocking views on homosexuality, right or wrong. It has to stop. God's tired of it. Because there is nothing in the Word of God that says it's our job to change a person, period. Jesus went up to his disciples and he said, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He did not say, Once we catch them, let me show you how to clean them. Stay in your lane. That's God's job. That's Jesus' job. Let him do that. That is a one-on-one relationship that everybody has individually, and we're all running a different paced race. I got my downfalls, and I might not be running as good as somebody else. Obviously, I'm fat and overweight. I'm a sprinter, and that's it. I got short distances, y'all. I am not going long distance, all right? But I'm good for 40 yards. Um, but that's, that's me. That's my one-on-one relationship with God. In the same way with how I grow. I got short bursts and then I've got long gaps in between the next burst because I'm trying to get my breath back. Let's let people grow on their own pace. Let's be encouraging, not damaging. Can we do that? I think we can, because the last time I checked, and I haven't read this thing cover to cover. I'm going to be flat honest with everybody right now. I kind of stick to the the classics, my favorites, the things that tickle my ear, all right? 
Not because I'm avoiding anything that God put in there, but, well, maybe I am. I don't know yet. Uh, But I'm a fan of the Old Testament. Jesus is all through that Old Testament. Go back there and read it. I challenge you. There's nowhere in the Old Testament you can't find Jesus. There's nowhere in the New Testament you can't find Jesus. But there's nowhere in this scripture that says we have to get perfect before we accept Christ. That happens after. I saw something last night. I was sitting back there behind those drums. I'm a sensitive guy. My wife makes fun of me all the time because I cry about everything. Um, But I cry about the good stuff. Um, I cry when... um, Good things happen. I cry when the pie hits the floor. and <laughs> But I got to see a young man get saved last night. Unashamed, threw his hand in the air. He waved around like he didn't care. Got up on stage, didn't you? Right up here. Sebastian, I'm going to embarrass you, brother, but I love you. You made me cry last night because I was proud of you. I've told him 1,400 times since last night, that was the best decision you'll ever make for the rest of your life. If you don't listen to anything else that I say for the rest of your life, listen to this. Don't listen to nobody but the Spirit of God when it comes to about how you should be acting. Now, you got to listen to your mom and your dad, okay? Don't get that confused. But if somebody tells you you're doing something wrong against the Word of God, get with the Holy Spirit and get with your mom and dad, Okay? Don't let me come tell you you're doing something wrong. Don't let anybody else, and don't let nobody make fun of you, and don't let nobody mock you, and you just turn your cheek and go the other way. Can I get amen? Amen. You're going to do great things, bud. I can see it. You got that, you got that fire in your eye. I'm excited for you. So, a little bit of a derailment. I'm sorry. I love the kids, you guys. I love them. Um, Matthew, I'm going to switch over here. Matthew 22, chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. Uh, We got a little scene in Matthew where these religious leaders they kind of come up to Jesus, they start questioning him about the greatest commandment. And it's, it's comical. I get, I get comedy relief out of this when I read throughout the entire gospel all the opportunities somebody tried to come trip up Jesus. You obviously don't know who you're talking to. That is, that is the man He is the myth. He is the legend. He is the creator of all things. He has no beginning. He has no end. And they they were trying to trip him up, and he was ready for them. Uh, Verse 34 says, But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together like, Well, we're going to one-up this. They don't know what they're talking about, but we do. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, 
and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the laws and the prophets. Everything from the beginning of this book to the end of this book is summed up right there in two simple rules. This is how simple Christianity is. This is how simple God is. And this is how simple Jesus made it. Don't get wrapped up in all of those little finite things that are listed in there about do's and don'ts and how we're supposed to act and talk and tithe and give in the church and spend our time and spend our money and all of these things. Jesus is going to work that out with us individually as we allow us to be worked out. Get me? We got to step the flesh aside. We got to let the Holy Spirit work in us on the pace with Jesus. He's going to fix in you what he wants fixed first. Evidence of this, let's just pick on something real quick. Let's talk about um, an addiction. And then you put three people shoulder to shoulder that have the same addiction. They got the same addiction at the same time, and they got saved on the same night. Not all three of them are going to give up that addiction at the same time. They got different pasts, presents, and futures, and God works it out according to his plan. Let's let these people grow in God according to God's plan, and let's get out of the way, and let's let God do the things. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Who got up this morning and looked yourself in the mirror and said, I hate me? Did you do that? Did you wake up and you said, I hate me? No, you didn't. Hands down, you goofballs. It's that simple. And, you know, I, I had a, a every day in my office, a um, buddy of mine, he, he works up there uh, cleaning stuff. He comes by and um, we solve all the world's problems in about 15 minutes for the day. For the day. And we... I got asked, you know, some questions about church and God and how God does things. And it was funny because I got to talk about that right there, about how simple God's forgiveness is. He doesn't care what you're going to do as far as your salvation is concerned. No, he doesn't want you to do bad things. He doesn't want you to do things contrary to his word, but his love doesn't change for you. Who is my father? Is God my father? We talked about that this morning. Okay? Think about your own dad. Or if you didn't have a good relationship with your dad, find the fatherly figure in your life and insert them into this example. Did that person ever stop loving you no matter what you did? That's the same relationship God has with us. You're going to mess up. I'm going to mess up probably within a half an hour of leaving this building, I'm going to go be human again and let my flesh take over and do or say something I'm not supposed to be doing, contrary to the Word of God, and He's going to love me no less. But somebody is going to see me do it, and they're going to love me less because we put different levels on things. That's what we do. Shame on us. Shame on us. Proverbs 18.21, guys. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, 
You can kill somebody with the words that come out of your mouth. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So if you're spitting death, you love it. If you're spitting life and love, that's what you love. Your tongue is the strongest weapon. Whether written, verbalized, even those laser beams that my wife shoots me when I say something I shouldn't have said, they damage in the wrong setting. Just like when I say things to my kids or to my wife that I should not have said. I didn't take time to cool down. I didn't take time to pull his words back in and keep them from coming out. Your mouth is killing your witness, and anyone without Christ won't listen to you if they've witnessed your spirit of wickedness or disobedience. I think it's high time everybody just shuts up. I'm going to say, with the kids in the room, y'all, if it's, we're adults, it's time that we start setting the example. It's time that we start teaching our children love. I don't have a clock up here, you guys. I don't know how long I'm getting, but um, I know there's some kind of football game going on tonight. So if somebody will let me know about 10 minutes before halftime starts, <laughs> I'll start to wrap this up. I don't really care too much about it. The Packers aren't in it. So anyways, um, look, y'all, we're supposed to teach and share Jesus. That's what God called us to do. That's in the Great Commission. That's, that's what we're supposed to do as followers of Christ. The word Christian means Christ-like. It doesn't mean eyebrow-beating, tongue-lashing, finger-pointing, spitting hate, mocking, making fun of, putting myself above other people because I think I'm better than you. It's putting ourselves in the lowest of lows of positions, being humble and being a servant like Christ, willing to be empathetic willing to sympathize, willing to find a way to not understand but just grieve with somebody when you need to, to help, to lend that helping hand. I got a neighbor that gives anytime he is asked for help. And I've seen him go across the street to my house and to another neighbor's house numerous times without stop, without wavering, without asking a question, without blinking an eye. I've called this man in the middle of doing things and said, hey, when you get time, I need your advice. I'm on my way. Why can't we do that? Instead of saying, well, I'm sorry, I'm too busy sitting on my butt in my chair. I'm in the middle of my shows. Let's get up. Let's go help people. Let's show the love of Christ. I love you, Nate. You're my friend. Um, Shout out to Nate. Uh, no, no Jesus. Not N O K N O W. No Jesus. No God. No freedom. We had freedom night last night. It's that simple. A lot of people got freedom. Freedom from the bondage of sin and freedom from everything. Because that's how simple it is. Christianity is not a bag of rules, it's not a bag of uh, condemnation. 
It is a bag and a lifetime of freedom because of that simple rule. Love your God with all your heart and all your soul. Love your neighbor like you love yourself. Hang everything else on those two right there. Let's go back to Ephesians. I'm going to wrap this up. I don't think anybody hates me yet. So, Thank you, Sebastian. You're going to make me cry again. Quit it. Um, all right. So back to Ephesians chapter 2. Let's look at verse 4. But God, love that right there. How many times have you said that, Pastor Kay? But God. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Am I stopping on six? No, I'm going on. We're going. Here we go. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through who? Christ Jesus. Through me? Through my neighbor, Carrie? Through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Boom. I'm not doing anything to lift myself up anymore. I'm not boasting because I'm a Christian anymore. I don't care what you've done. I don't care about your past. I only care about your future. I don't care, like God, what you think you've done that God can't forgive. God can forgive anything and everything that you've ever done because his word says so. God is not a liar. This is his truth. He never designed the system to have kings where humans rule over us. He never designed for Israel to ever have a king. He never designed for America to have a president because we're not here for man to rule over us. We got to put our focus on God Almighty to rule over us. We forgot our first love. I'm going to challenge you to get back to that first love. Think back to the day that you got saved, however long ago it was, if it was 40 years ago, if it was last night. You're on fire when that happened. You're ready to charge hell with the water pistol and put out the flame. And you don't care if you come out smelling like it. And then we get a little little Bible in us, get a little scripture in us, and then we forget our comeuppance. And we get a little full of ourselves. And then we fix some things, and all of a sudden we're better than everybody else around us. And what do we start doing? I've done it to some of you in here. I have. Some of y'all have done it to me. And we're all guilty. But I still love you guys. Uh, I hope you still love me. 
Hit that music, guys. I just want you to kind of lower your heads, close your eyes, and I just want you to think back to that time. Think back to when you first realized you couldn't do anything without Christ. I want you to think back to how you felt when you realized that you needed Him and the hope that came from that. You didn't care about anything else. You couldn't wait to tell somebody what you've done. I got saved. Jesus is my Lord now. Can we get back to that day? And that's that's my challenge this morning. If you're already professing as Jesus is your Savior, let's get back to that day. Now maybe you're sitting here today or at home on the internet or you're watching this later and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior. That's why we're here, guys. That is the only reason that we have the Great Commission, that we as Christians, we're supposed to live the example. We're supposed to tell people about our Savior, about Jesus. And we give them the choice. And if they choose, no, we still love them anyways. But if you're sitting here today or you're sitting at home and you decide, you know what, I need Jesus in my life, and you're going to choose yes, That is the best choice you'll make for the rest of your life, ever. It's better than choosing who you're going to marry. It's better than choosing the house you're going to buy, how many cars you want to own, what you're going to eat for dinner tonight. That is the best choice you're ever going to make, putting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And it's the simplest thing. Jesus, I'm sorry. This guy standing on stage just told me that no matter what I did in my past, you will forgive me on that. Call God out on that promise right there. I'm giving you boldness. Because when you remind God of his promises, he perks up just a little bit more. Jesus, I want you to come into my heart and I want you to save me from my sins, save me from myself because I can't do this without you. Book of Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said to pray in this manner. And he gave the best example of prayer we can ever have recognizes God in heaven as the Holy One and asks to forgive of our debts and those that debt against us. And we get our daily bread. That's the Bible, y'all. Get a little word in you daily. Forgive our trespasses and sins. Sum it up like that. There's more to it if you want to go read it. It's Matthew chapter 6. I challenge you to go check it out. But it's a perfect example. I'm thanking God this morning. 
I just feel like somebody somewhere is saying that prayer and getting a little love this morning from God Almighty and there's no better feeling than the Holy Spirit feeling but just kind of giving me that warm hug I love you I'm jealous of my God you guys jealous of him and I'm jealous of the way we've been acting against him in a disgusting manner. It's time it's high time we stop. High time I stop. I gave my life to Christ. Can't even count. It's a long time ago, 2003. And decision ever made and I'm just now learning this lesson okay so don't get discouraged if it takes you a little bit to learn a lesson or two you just get your head up put your shoes on put your pants on one leg at a time like everybody else and go down the road doing the things that you do just like everybody else and focus on what God wants you to focus on that's all I Thank you, Coonrod. Good word. Some of the stuff he was sharing, I was like, Lord, this is a hard thing to understand. Can you help me out? Because, you know, we like to tell people what to do. I don't know if you do, but I do sometimes, a lot of times. And he gave me a quick parable. Because, <laughs> you know, that's, that's what he does whenever I sit in there. He's like, so, you know those times you try to tell your wife what to do? How did that go for you? Husbands, anybody else want to fess up? It never goes well. <laughs> but she needs to know. <laughs> But if she asks me, and her heart's open to it, and I get to share truth, that's when it actually makes a difference. And if we're going to follow the way of Jesus, if you read through the Gospels, you find out that ne- Jesus never approached somebody to tell them to fix a behavior. But if they came to sit under him and listen to him teach, he would tell them some behaviors to fix. Because it was their will, it was their time, they chose to be there and to listen to it. So, absolutely beautiful. Thank you, Coonrod. Hard thing to receive, hard thing to understand, hard thing to put into action, because we all want to tell people what to do, but it's a good word. <laughs> well, I, got, I received a message from one of the churches that we support in the Philippines this last week because they're having to add on to one of their buildings because they've outgrown it, which is a great problem to have. Uh, they sent me some pictures, so I wanted to show one of them to you because you guys are a part of this through your giving. So there they are, kind of extending the roof line there. It's good stuff. I mean, and they're so excited to extend that building. It's a lot easier for them to extend buildings over there than it is for us to do <laughs> that sort of thing here. I kind of wish it was that easy for us. Anybody up for an open-air building? Nobody, huh? All right. <laughs> yeah, they, they do. There's no tractors or anything, is there? So I just wanted you guys to know that you're part of that stuff that's going on over in the Philippines through your giving, because we give to that every month, and it's just an incredible opportunity to make a difference. If you're ready to give today and you're giving by cash or check, just raise your hand. One of our ushers will bring you an offering envelope. Oh, there they are. I was like, where are they? You can give online anytime with your debit or credit card, and how you do that is you type in nolimits.fyi into your address bar on your phone, tablet, computer, and you can give anytime there. There's a giving button there for you to press. Thank you so much for joining us, and a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. 
If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.